You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Let us now open the Word of God. First of all, as we find it in the words of Isaiah, chapter 11, the verses 1 through to 9. There the Lord speaks to us by the mouth of Isaiah, prophesying already that the Savior would come. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of power, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The text for this morning you find in the book of Psalms, Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, these weeks before Christmas are referred to as the Advent season. That's the time which precedes his coming. Advent means 
arrival. But actually, God's people are, while here on earth, are always in the time of Advent. They're always expecting the coming of the Messiah, the Christ. Whether that be his first coming, the Old Testament, or his second, the time that we are in now. There's a very strong expectation and anticipation amongst the faithful people of the Lord. Yes, there's also the mournful longing. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here. There is the cry for rescue from the sorrow and grief of this present life. When we are so often burdened by sin, our own and the sins of others. How long, O Lord, O Lord, do not delay. In so many of the Psalms we hear God's children crying out, expressing that the pain in the unfulfilled desires They're longing for the Christ and Redeemer to come. And we can often identify with uh, with that as well, especially when we go through difficult times in our lives, when we are troubled by all the imperfection in this life, when we long for the return of Christ, when all things will be perfect. But that was only, and is only, one aspect of his advents. There's also the rejoicing. There's the excitement, there's the anticipation, which we already feel today. The beginning of eternal joy, since we know Christ is in the process of coming. And the Lord is revealing more and more about his salvation. And as time is ticking away towards the great return of the Lord, His salvation is made known in ever-widening circles. His people, all nations, and all of creation. And those are the things we read and sing about in Psalm 98, very similar to Psalm 96. We will not only be thrilled when Jesus comes, but knowing that he is coming, we already experience that thrill and the joy today in advance. Just thinking about it, reading about it, just like we do when great events in our lives, like a wedding day or a birthday for a child is approaching We get excited just thinking about it. It is truly Advent for all of us. And it should be obvious that we know a great glorious event is coming closer every day. Even if we do not know the day or the hour. I preach to you the joyful expectation of the coming of the Christ. So the joyful expectation of the coming of the Christ. And we will see from our text, first by Israel, secondly by all nations, 
and thirdly, by all of creation. So first of all, by Israel. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. Sing. We have something to sing about. And we are encouraged to sing and praise the Lord. And that is Lord in capital letters. That is the God who has established a covenant of grace with us. So here one of God's covenant people expresses his gratitude for God's faithfulness and salvation. And he marvels at what God has all done and what God will all do for his people. Our salvation is a marvel, is a miracle. Miracle of God's grace. And God's marvelous deeds are so great and so new every time again that we have to sing, as the psalmist says, new songs. The old songs just don't cover it anymore. Since God's mercies are new every morning as well. Being saved makes everything in life new. There's always more to sing about. There's always more deeds to remember for God's people. And there's no end to praising God in new words and new music. For while we are on this earth, there are no words and there is no music that will express it all. Now these marvelous deeds of the Lord are summarized in different ways in this psalm. And the key words being salvation, that is our redemption. Righteousness is how our redemption comes about. His love and faithfulness, the typical words to characterize the covenant of the Lord. All things the people of the Lord have experienced time and again. Now, there are no specific historical references given in this psalm, because for God's people, His acts of salvation are well known. The marvelous things that He has worked out by His right hand and His holy arm. In other words, when it was obvious that it was a work of the Lord alone, a work of the Lord revealing His sovereign ruling power. That's His right hand and His holy arm. How the holy God performed these marvelous things to enhance His holiness and His glory. Think of how the Lord delivered His people out of, out of the house of bondage in Egypt. How he set them free from slavery by those mighty acts, divine acts, these ten plagues, forcing the world powers that were to yield his people to him. Think also, for example, of how the Lord delivered them out of the exile in Babylon, moving kings and empires around 
changing the hearts of world rulers, all in order to let his people return to the promised lands, to Jerusalem and his service in the chosen place on the temple of Mount Zion. When they, the people of Israel, thought of salvation, they did not think only of spiritual deliverance from sin, but God's delivery powers were shown in many ways and were revealing manifestations of how the Lord would also deliver them from the greatest enemy of all, the serpent, the devil, the bondage of sin. Salvation, therefore, went hand in hand with his righteousness. Justice would be done. God's justice would be satisfied. But God would also deal in justice with the nations. And so God's people rejoiced in the acts of salvation they were enjoying already, but also in those yet to come at God's appointed time. Yes, at times they were crying out and wondering how long it would be. Lord, do not delay. But at the same time, they know from experience that the Lord does remember. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. Love and faithfulness, the two words which sum up all the blessings of living in a covenant relationship with the Lord. God's love, God's faithfulness are always there. Even when for a time the Lord may seem to have withdrawn himself from his people in order that they would repent and return to him. Even when they were suffering either in Egypt or in Babylon or anywhere else, even when we may sometimes wonder whether God still remembers us, we may know that he does. That his love, his faithfulness never ceases. God may withhold them for some time to direct, to redirect us in his ways and where he wants us to be. But salvation is never far away. And we may know and always rejoice in his righteousness and salvation. That's why they can be so sure about the coming of the Messiah, the Savior whose coming would bring about the righteousness of God, as we heard Isaiah prophesy as well. Now, God's people always have much to praise God for. Always have reasons for new songs. Look back into the history of God's people, our history. Was he not always there? Did he not help his people through all kinds of situations? How often were they not saved? How often did the Lord not reveal his righteousness to them? Brothers and sisters, think back in your own life. Was the Lord not always there for you? Did he not help you through many difficult times? 
Was there ever a real reason to doubt his love and faithfulness towards you? And why does the Lord do that? All because he's working out his great plan of redemption and the final manifestation of our salvation when Jesus Christ returns. Now, it is good to pause now and then and realize what God has all done for you and what he still promises to do, the great things that we may look forward to as God's people. And there is something to be very excited about. You may know things that others don't know. God has shared with you his divine plan for the history of the world's. And the world to come, we have much to sing about, much to praise God for, much to look forward to, many reasons for a new song. But then the writer, inspired by the Holy Spirit, sees God's work in a much broader perspective. The Lord is not doing only marvelous things in the house of Israel. But it is being done in the presence and the audience of the world. The world must see that there is a God. That the God of Israel is the almighty God who delivers his people with his right hand and a holy arm. As we read in verses 2 and 3. The Lord has made his salvation known, revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. And then all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Israel is, so to say, the Lord's showcase. Someone said that God is his own evangelist. What is happening to Israel, what is happening in the church, God's marvelous doing of salvation and his righteousness, is not a private, secret affair, but that is another way how God makes himself known to all the nations. That is how God reveals his righteousness. And when God lives in a very special, intimate relationship with his chosen people in the covenant, this is to be seen and heard to the ends of the earth. Now, that was already happening throughout history. Abraham, for example, was well known by the nations around him. His faith, his righteous lifestyle... And when Israel was delivered out of Egypt, the people and the nations saw and they believed that divine events were taking place. And with great respect and reverence for the Lord and for the God of Israel, they let the people go, loaded with gifts and treasures from Egypt. These acts of salvation, they were known and broadcast. And many feared God's people, feared their gods. 
feared his holy arm. As long as the people lived out of faith and trust in the Lord, a tremendous witness went out to the nations around them. All this happened again when they were in exile and and in the miraculous way that they were led out of captivity and regained their freedom. The focus is not on Israel. The focus is on the God of Israel who made himself and his salvation known, who revealed his righteousness to the nations by punishing sin and blessing obedience. The church of the Old Testament was also to be light in this world. A bright arrow pointing upwards to the God, their Lord. One of the promises to Abram was that he was to be a blessing to all nations. The Lord Jesus in his days talking with a Samaritan reminded the Jews of that as well. And he says, salvation is from the Jews. Not for the Jews only, not of the Jews. It is from the Jews, goes out from them. Now, they often lost that focus and purpose, but it was not because it was not known or not revealed to them. And neither was it something that was only going to be realized in the distant future. God is working through Israel in the world, also in their days already. And therefore this inspired writer can sing about it already as a present fact. When he says, the Lord has made known and the Lord has revealed to the ends of the earth. They have seen, they have seen the salvation of our gods. But at the same time, they know full well that it is only a beginning. And that there will be a great ingathering from all nations. The psalm draws heavily from the prophecies of Isaiah, wherein it also speaks about the people from the ends of the earth being drawn to the salvation of the Lord as it is revealed in Israel. They also knew very well that this would be the blessed result of the coming of the Christ. And therefore, in this joyful song of expectation, they include these rich blessings as well. They already rejoice in the great things the Lord is going to do to all peoples and all nations from the ends of the earth. Rejoice in the fact that they may be used by the Lord to spread His marvelous works of salvation, even to people they they never heard about at the ends of the earth. Think also how the mission today is. It's everywhere. And God would at His time break down the barriers that existed, and the gospel would burst forth to the Gentiles and one church one Israel would be established throughout the whole world when Jesus was born the angels sang about the great joy that would be for all the people but that was not a new thought 
Psalm 98 already sings about it. The prophets prophesied about it. And God was busy preparing this great joy for all the people, also in and through the deeds of salvation and deliverance of his people in the Old Testament. Now, maybe we do not think about it too much, but we should remember that we, in certain ways, are God's showcase in this world. In the church, God's work of salvation and his righteousness is to be visible in the world. When you are called the salt of the earth in a city on a hill, that does not only refer to our task to send out missionaries and support them, send them out into the world, but how you live in this world how you show what your priorities are, how important and what a joyful thing it is for you to belong to the people of the Lord. That is something that is to be seen, something that should make other people envy you, draw them to the Lord and His service. People should see the blessing in your lives of living by the law of the Lord, so that they also want to experience the same thing. Not only you are to hear it. You are to shout for joy to the Lord. Shouting that is loud, all must hear. You don't whisper it. But all the earth is to burst into jubilant song with music, And then it speaks about all the means at our disposal to sing and make music. Music we make with our vocal cords and our mouth in singing. We make it by blowing into instruments, trumpets and horns, or playing stringed instruments with our fingers, or drumming in our hands, percussion. And if you are shouting for joy... And making all this music unto the Lord our King, not just literally, but also as it is expressed by your whole lifestyle. If if your lifestyle is a song unto the Lord, people are going to hear it. People are going to see it. Shout for joy, burst into jubilant song. See, there's none of this timid, quiet, private, hidden Christian faith. People that you work with, people you go to school with, your friends, all should know and notice that you are a Christian. And that the marvelous things the Lord has done to you is a reason for tremendous great joy and importance to you. God is using His church to bring about His salvation, the redemption of His creation. And therefore he directs all world events, the coming and the rising of the nations as well, also other religions and worldviews, to reach his glorious destiny. And the difference between you and the world is the fact that you know what the Lord is doing. You have something great to sing about. For the Lord and his kingdom comes in And through it all.
And lastly, we will see that this is also happening by all of his creation. For then the circle in this psalm even gets wider, and we receive all the more reasons to sing a new song unto the Lord. Not only do his people enjoy salvation, not only will it reach out to all the peoples of the earth, but all of creation is being redeemed. And therefore all of creation must give honor and glory to God, even as it does today already. But it will do so all the more when the Christ has come in all his fullness. That first coming that leads to his second coming. See, when Jesus came into the world, they did not yet see all the things that are described in this psalm. That would be at his second coming. God created all things for his honor and glory. And therefore all things, all the works of his hands, will prepare him glory. Again, we sometimes have much too narrow a view of God's redeeming work. It reaches far and it affects all of creation, even as the fall into sin affected all of creation. Now we read in Romans 8, verse 22, that the creation waits in eager expectation for the Son of God to be revealed. We read there about the hope of creation to be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. And we read there that the whole creation has been growing, groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. But that's going to change. We expect a total renewal, a great redemption of creation as well through the saving work of Jesus Christ. And the psalmist, thinking about that already, includes all of creation in this new song as we read in the last verses of our text. He says, let the sea resound and everything in it, the world, and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord. And in the parallel psalm, Psalm 96, we even read of the fields being jubilant and everything in them. The trees of the forest singing for joy. Wow, that's a different way of looking at nature around us. But that's not only a poetic way, it is also a very biblical way. This whole creation is in expectation, in joyful expectation. And why is the sea roaring? Why are the mountains singing together for joy? Why are the rivers clapping their hands? Because, it says, He, He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. Nature is like the innocent victim of our fall into sin. 
and the continued sinfulness of the unbelievers. But the Lord will come. He will judge the world in right, with righteousness and the peoples with equity or in his truth. All wickedness, all evil will be banned from the new earth and only justice and truth will remain. Then God's people will again be able to have and exercise this dominion over, his, over this earth, restored to its original glory. No longer groaning in pain, but being renewed, peace and justice will abound. And that will all come about through the coming of the Savior that shoot from the stump of Jesse as we heard Isaiah say in chapter 11, on whom rests the Spirit of the Lord. There we also read about the marvelous things that will happen to creation. He says the wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yielding together and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear and their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of a cobra, snake. And the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. Another dangerous snake. But they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Brothers and sisters, it is all too marvelous for us. There's just no one song that can describe it all. No one that is groaning creation already leaps and jumps for joy with this great prospect of total peace and perfection in the most beautiful world. Now you notice, you have reason to sing. You have reason to shout with joy, for you know that all this is coming for you as well, you who are made righteous in Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, may that joyful expectation be in your heart as well. And may it burst forth with a jubilant song. May it lift you up. May it encourage you to walk in the ways of the Lord with that eager expectation that He will make all things well. Redemption is here and it is coming. Let us continue to sing new songs to the Lord and look forward. Celebrate His present salvation as well as the coming fullness of salvation. What a privilege that you may notice, that you may believe all this. Let's praise and thanks God for it, His grace alone, and share it with all people which the Lord has placed in your life. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.